You know, that song we just sang is our prayer for you. Uh, not only today in this moment as we worship and as we get into God's word together, but for your family, for generations, that God would bless us, that we would live our lives into that blessing. We're so thankful that you've worshiped with us this weekend. You know, it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so I wanna say happy Memorial Day weekend to you all. Uh, Memorial Day weekend is a time that we take a little bit of time to reflect on those who have given up their lives for us, for the freedom that we have in our country. And so I thought what we do this weekend is in the comments section, uh, let's honor people. Maybe you know somebody who has paid the ultimate sacrifice or you know family members who, who are still here today. And let's just honor them and celebrate them and remember them in this moment. You know, we live in a free country. It's a crazy time right now, but there are men and women that fight for that freedom every single day. And we're so grateful for them, especially those who have given their lives. And so we thank you. Thank you guys for that. Uh, I wanna also welcome you if you're new to Seacoast. I know many of you are new since we've been doing church in this digital format, online at home format. And we're so glad that you're here as well. We'd love for you to introduce yourself. Uh, say hey in the comments, let us know where you're coming from. We'd love to connect with you. We've been doing Zoom calls. We've been doing virtual inside track connection processes, but there are a lot of opportunities for you to get connected. And we would love uh, to help you along that journey. We're grateful that you're a part of the church. My name is Josh Surratt. I serve as a lead pastor. Looking forward to hanging out with you. We're starting a new series today that we're calling re-entry, re-entry. And this series is a little bit sentimental for me uh, because Pastor Darren Patrick, and if you're new, you may not know, but but one of our pastors uh, passed away tragically a couple of weeks ago. He was a real big part of the formation of this series. It was actually his idea. We were meeting in person a few weeks ago and he uh, kind of talked about, man, what about re-entry? What about talking about getting into the world? We're all kind of moving towards re-entry. What if we were really intentional about how we did it. In fact, I want to read you the last text that Darren sent me, and it was about this series. And I think he did such a good job of explaining what we want to do in this series. Here's what, what it said. Re-entry. As America begins to reopen, we are going to experience a re-entry into a new normal. There are some things we found or rediscovered that we want to bring with us into the new world. There are other things that need to stay behind as we re-enter a world we knew where nothing feels the same. In this series, we hope to discard the attitudes and actions that hinder our faith and embrace those that will help us grow our faith and thrive in life as we re-enter our forever changed world. I think that's such a great summary of what we wanna do. You know, we're going back, America's reopening. You've seen it, restaurants are reopening. We're kind of moving back into quote unquote normal. But what if we did that in a really intentional way? If we thought about what are some things that need to come with us and what are some things that we don't want to bring with us into this new normal. So we're gonna do the series. We're gonna study the book of Acts uh, for at least the first few weeks of this series uh, because that's a moment in time, moment in history where the world was forever changed, right? Jesus had died. He'd rose again, proving that he was who he said he was. And now it was the disciples' time to re-enter into ministry in a totally different way. They would relate to God in a different way. They would relate to Jesus in a different way. In fact, we, we joked on Easter about Jesus kind of saying, hey, don't, don't cling to me. He's social distancing, stand back. But really, what if he was laying the foundation that you're gonna need to learn to relate to me in a brand new way. And so Acts chapter one, we pick up the story. The disciples are, are looking at re-entering. They've got this window of time where Jesus has come back. He's walking the earth with them and he's giving them some final instructions about how they would re-enter. And so I wanna read it to you, Acts chapter one, uh, verses three through five. 
says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, think about this for a minute. It's, it's go time for these disciples, right? I mean, they, now Jesus has risen from the dead. It's time for all the world to know who he is and the power that comes with Christ. They were ready to go, but Jesus said, hey, the first instruction I've got for you is to wait. I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait. For, for real? <laughs> like, wait? Well, why? Like, why did they need it? Was, was the Holy Spirit not ready yet? Like he's still in training. He's still kind of doing those burpees, getting ready, getting you know, prepared, you know? No, it's ridiculous. Of course, God was ready, but he said, I want you to go and wait. I wonder if maybe they weren't quite ready yet. If there were some things that they needed to do in the waiting that would prepare them for the re-entry. Do any of you enjoy waiting? If you said yes, you're a liar. You're just lying. No, none of us like to wait. Do we? I cannot stand waiting. I think back to our pre-pandemic lives. It seems like prior to this pandemic, we had found our culture, we'd found a way to eliminate waiting in every aspect of our lives, right? We got our food fast when we want it. The shows that we want to watch, they're on demand. We don't want to wait for it. We, we, everything was kind of like, even think about text messages. When I send you a text message, I don't like to wait for a response. I saw the text bubbles that came back up. You saw my text. Come on, get back to me. We don't like waiting. Just don't like to. Then comes this pandemic. And I think we've all been kind of forced to relearn the art of waiting. It's been a season of waiting. And can, can I let you in on some interesting news? God actually invented waiting. He did. I know that stinks. It's like, can I really serve a God? That it, he did. He did. You know, think about creation. He could have created the world in a snap of his finger, but he did it in a process. He did it over a period of days. And if you even think about how creation works, you know, if he wanted to, he could have said, you know what, we'll plant seeds and then I'll snap my finger and then you will have fruit, right? But there's this whole sowing and reaping process that he created because it was intentional. He, he created waiting. And so I wonder for us, if we're all ready to get back, right? We're all ready to get back to church. We're all ready to get back to, to the real world, to the normal world. But I wonder if there's some, some purpose in the waiting for us. A lot of us are gonna be tempted to worry while we wait. Some will be tempted to whine while we wait. I know there are a lot of testimonies on that, right? You know, we can put up with anything if we can compl complain about it, right? Some of us are gonna be tempted to, to waste a period of waiting. But I want us to discover what it would look like for us to win while we wait, to actually allow the waiting to accomplish the purpose that it has for us. You know, we've, we've got three kids and my, my wife delivered all three of our children in the month of July, which, which meant that the last month of her pregnancy happened during the heat of the summer. Now, I'm not an expert on pregnancy, okay? I, I don't know anything about it, but, but here's what I know is about month eight, every time that month came around while she was pregnant, she would say things like, I am so ready 
to get rid of this child. Like, let's bring it on. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I think a lot of us feel like we're in like the eighth month of this pandemic and we feel so ready. But here's, here's what I know is there's a lot of important stuff that happens in that last month of pregnancy. There's the development of the baby's lungs. There's, there's critical things that need to happen so that when it's time to come, when it's time to enter the world, the baby's ready. And I believe that there are some things that God is developing in us, preparing for us so that we can be ready to fully enter the world. And I think he's also preparing the world. He's preparing some circumstances that we may not see because we're only living this part of the story, but that, that, that he's working things together so that when we re-enter, I believe it's gonna be so much bigger than just a season of reprioritizing our lives or taking a break or slowing down or hard times that are gonna be over. I believe that there is a spiritual awakening that's getting ready to happen in our world and he's gonna allow us to be a part of it. The disciples, they waited. And, and, when it, and when it came time to go, Acts chapter two, it changed the world. And I believe God's gonna do something similar in us. But a couple of thoughts for us before we jump into their story, what does waiting do? What does waiting do? One of the things it does is it exposes your character. It exposes your character. If you're wondering whether there are unresolved character issues in you, pay attention to what happens when you're forced to wait. Go to the DMV. Just see what happens. <laughs> In fact, I, I thought for an illustration that I would love to use a, a snow globe. Does anybody happen to have a snow globe on them? Actually, yeah, I do. <laughs> Look at yeah. you, Robbie. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, he's, he is so ready. <laughs> this, this is a snow globe. It actually came from my house. It says the words Greta Kate on it. So it's my daughter's, my 10-year-old daughter. Thank you, Greta Kate, for letting us use uh, your amazing snow globe. But if you look at this right now, uh, it looks like most of our Instagram pages. It's it's pretty perfect. There's a nice rocking horse on Actually, I don't know of anybody that has a rocking horse on their Instagram page. Uh, not, not anybody that I follow anyways, but it's, it's nice and clean. But what happens when you shake this up? When you turn it around, and that's what waiting does is it shakes us up, is all of this stuff that was there the whole time, all of a sudden it becomes exposed. Now in this one, most of it's good stuff. It's kind of like my life when I'm shaking up, mostly good stuff. Uh, don't ask my wife. Uh, but but for, for all of us, I wonder if in this waiting period where we've been shaken up a little bit, if there are some things that have risen to the surface of our lives that they've always been there, but they just become exposed. You know, maybe for you, there's that underlying anger issue that you kind of knew it was there. Your family definitely knew it was there, but man, the pressure that this season has put on it has brought it to the surface. It's, it's, it's brought it out there. And my encouragement for all of us, whatever it is that's being exposed in our character, let's pay attention to it. Let's take it, let's don't rush through this process. Man, what if part of what God wanted to do in us was bring some things to the surface that we don't need to take with us as we re-enter the world. So, so waiting, it exposes our character. And I think it would be a great tragedy for us to go through this and, and you know, we've, we've worked really hard to stay safe, right? <laughs> we don't wanna get sick. We don't wanna get this virus. What if we went through this and we, we didn't get sick, but we also didn't change on the inside? I think that would be a tragedy. Let's let God work, do a work on the inside of us. See, waiting exposes our character. Thank you, Rami. What a beautiful Welcome. illustration. Uh, what, what it also does is it tests our resolve. It tests our resolve. You know, you're not tempted to quit when you're moving. It's usually when you stop that you start thinking about giving up. You know, I don't know if you knew this. Actually, I do know that you know it because you were all there. The beaches 
reopened last weekend, right? And, and when, when the beaches reopened, everybody went to the beach. And it just so happened that one of my cousins had a graduation party, small deal with just a few of our family members on Folly Beach. Folly Beach on Saturday last weekend. And so we left to get to this party. We left about noon and we finally got there at 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm never doing that again. I love you guys on James Island. You guys rock Folly Beach. I'm not going back out there. That was crazy. But you know, there were several times along that journey, it was just Lisa and I, that we looked at each other and said, should we bail? <laughs> like, should we bail on this? And Kaylee, you should be grateful. We love you and we, we stuck through it. We made it. But it's in the waiting that it tests your resolve. How bad do I really want this? How bad do I really want to experience this moment? And, and so just where is your resolve being tested right now? You know, some of you are, are dating somebody right now. And if you want to test their resolve, I would encourage you uh, to, to, to make them wait a little bit. You know, make them, make them wait. It will determine how badly they want things. And so I would just encourage you, where is your resolve being tested? Waiting exposes our character. It tests our resolves, but it also sweetens the arrival. It sweetens the arrival. I can say this because I'm a, a Cubs fan and it took us 108 years to win a World Series. But you know what? When it happened, it was sweet. It was so sweet because if you're willing to wait for something, it sweetens the arrival when it gets there. You know, Lisa and I, when we were dating, uh, we really wanted to do it uh, it, it, God's way. We wanted to be pure going into uh, our, our wedding day. And so that was a challenge. It was a battle we fought for. But nine months before uh, we got married, we went to a first Wednesday at Seacoast Church. I love first Wednesdays except for that one because Lisa came out of that one and she said, Josh, I feel like the Lord is, is, is saying we, we should take a break from even kissing until we get married. And I'm like, babe, that's, that's nine months away. That's a bad idea. You know, like, there's a, like let's, let's not do it. But we, God eventually worked on my heart as well. It was like, you know what, let's, let's wait. Let's wait. And, and there was a lot of struggle in that wait. You know, in hindsight, it's like, man, it was nothing. It was nine months. But in the moment, it felt like a lot. But I'm telling you, when the time came on my wedding day for me to kiss my bride, you, sh- you should have felt bad for her because it was like, it was so sweet for me. I almost took her out. Like it was just like it was such a great moment, right? Because waiting sweetened that moment. It sweetened the arrival. And so, so I would just ask you, where are you in a season of waiting right now? Where are you waiting? Some of you, it's a seasonal thing for you. And maybe you are single right now. And man, I know that this, pandemic has, has been especially difficult on some who are, are single, uh, who don't have a family or community within them. And you're, you're waiting just for the season to be over. And, and we all are to some degree, but, but maybe even the season of singleness. You, in your heart, you want to, to find that, that companion, that spouse that's going to walk with you. And you're in a season where you're waiting. For some of you, you're in a season where you're, you're waiting for children or you're waiting for uh, the next thing, the next job. Maybe you're in a season of unemployment and you're waiting for the, the job to, to come through. And I just want to remind you that waiting, it, it reveals our character. So what's being revealed in you during the season? It also tests our resolve. Don't quit. Just because it's slow right now, just because you're in a season of waiting, it's not time to quit. And waiting sweetens the arrival. And we see that in the story in the book of Acts. So, so great to know about that stuff, but what do we do? Like what, what are the productive things that we can do while we're waiting? You know, so that we don't waste the season, 
so that we don't whine through the season, so that we don't you know, worry our way through the season. What is a productive thing to do? When we look in the book of Acts and look at, study these, these guys, they did three things in their waiting. And I want us to walk through it together. First thing they did is pray. They prayed. Look at Acts 1, verses 12 through 14. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath's day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Eleven of the twelve. The original twelfth was Judas who had betrayed Jesus, and he was out of the picture now. It says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I love that, that the Bible includes that detail. They didn't just go to Jerusalem and wait. In their waiting, they were constantly in prayer. You know, how do you pray? It's, it's simply a, a conversation with God. I read something, there are two helpful prayers. One is, oh God, oh God, oh God. I've prayed that a few times during this pandemic. And another is help. And if it's really bad, you put the two together, right? Oh God, oh God, oh God, help, help me, right? And that's, that's fair enough. It's a prayer. It's a conversation that you're having with God. So, so what should I pray about? You know, a good starting point for us would be what are you worried about? What are you worried about? So you're either gonna worry your way through the wait or you're gonna pray your way through the wait. I love Philippians 4, verses six and seven. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Doesn't that feel impossible sometimes? Like don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. Really? How, how is that possible? Well, he gives us the solution. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And when we do, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What are you worried about? What are you stressing about? What are you anxious about? You know, God's word says that if we will, with thanksgiving, so there's gotta be an element of gratitude in that. Say, God, thank you that you're still on the throne. Thank you that you're not surprised by this. Thank you that you're at work in all of these circumstances and situations. I'm gonna, instead of worrying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to you in prayer. It's what the disciples did as well. Here's what I found is that seasons of waiting actually really increase the quality of my prayer life. And think about it. If it's a conversation between you and God, when we're running, when we're going from the next, this thing to the next thing to the next thing, it's so often a one-way conversation or it can even feel transactional. I think about my relationship with Lisa. When we're in these seasons where we're so busy, it's just like we're touching base here and there. We're texting on things, but, but man, this season of slowing down has caused us to talk about some really deep and personal things. It's caused us to go a lot deeper in our relationship. And I think God desires the same thing for us that we would go, God, I wanna take some time not only to, to talk to you, to submit my requests, which is great, do that, but to listen. God, what are you trying to say to me in this? What, what are you trying to change in me? What are you revealing in me in this? Lord, I wanna be, I want, I want be closer to you on the other side of this. So some, some of the things that I would encourage you to pray about, some of the things I'm praying about as I, I, I go to him, one is, God, what are you showing me? through this pandemic. Another is God, who are you calling me to reach in this pandemic? In fact, I'd encourage you to write down a couple of names. 
As you pray that prayer, God's gonna surface some names into your mind. God, who, who would you want to reach during this? Who should I be praying for in this? Man, I'm so thankful that the moment that I met Jesus really and, and came to know him in a personal way, I was, I was 18 and a half years old at the time, but man, there had been 18 and a half years of people praying for me to come to that moment. What if God wanted to use you during this pandemic to, to stand in the gap to pray for some people that he's trying to reach through this? And then we can pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's prayer. Uh, I love the, the part of that says, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in my family, on earth during this pandemic as it's done in heaven, that we would just be willing to pray. So, so, so let's, instead of worrying, we're gonna pray. But a second thing that we see in this, what do we do when we're waiting on God is, is we praise, we praise. You know, praise is the opposite of complaining. It's the opposite of whining. And you know, I can put up with just about anything if I can complain about it, right? I mean, come on, some of you, like we're willing to tolerate anything if we can blow off some steam and complain about it. But, but man, what if instead of complaining, we chose to do what the New Testament disciples did and we praised, we worshiped. Look at Acts 2 verse 11, it says, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. When you think about the, the songs that we sang even this weekend, we're, we're singing truths from scripture that, that are about the wonderful things that God has done, the things he's going to do. He's gonna awake my soul. He's stripping away some things. And, and I, I love Ezekiel 14 and verse five. He's talking about a season of shaking. And this is what the, God says in this. He says, I will do this to recapture the hearts of the people of Israel who have all deserted me for their idols. Man, if, if there's ever been a season that that's true, I feel like it's right now. That God is in the midst of recapturing the hearts of his people. Man, pre, prior to this pandemic, there were all kinds of things fighting for our worship, right? Sports and things that I, I, I love, stuff that we would do, going, going out to eat. Even some of it is numbing our hearts from the pain that we've gone through. But, but man, what if part of what God was doing in this pandemic Part of what he's doing in the waiting is recapturing the hearts of humanity, recapturing our hearts, stripping away the idols so that we would be in a place where we could praise and worship and lean into him, not just with our words, but with our hearts. See, I believe for, for all of us, part of God's purpose for us in the waiting is not only that we would pray, but that we would praise that we would worship. We're gonna, in, in a moment, we're gonna sing a song together. Uh, we're gonna praise before our breakthrough. You know, it's, it's one thing to praise after the breakthrough, but man, it's so much more powerful when we can praise in the midst of the waiting. I think about the nation of Israel as they were going in to take the city of Jericho. And, and you know the story, if you grew up in, in church, you know, you, you probably saw it on the flannel graph, the flannel board, but, but, but they, they marched around the city walls seven times and on that seventh march, God instructed them to begin to worship, to praise, to sing, to celebrate. And it was in the moment of their praising that the wall came crumbling down. They thought it was gonna come down by their efforts, by their fighting, by their preparation in battle, but it came down in their, their worship. And I believe there are some things, some walls in our lives that are, that are only gonna come down in our praise. They're only gonna come down in our worship. So let's pray. Let's praise. But then the third thing that we see these disciples doing in Acts chapter one is they're preparing. 
they are preparing themselves. Verse eight, Jesus said, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he was showing them what, was, what they were waiting for, was for the Holy Spirit to empower them. But then they didn't just sit and wait. They began to prepare. In fact, if you read the end of Acts chapter one, it's an interesting passage of scripture, but they, they gathered together, they prayed together, but they also began to prepare for what was next. They, they actually began to prepare. They got their squad together, if you will. Uh, Judas had, had left and they knew that they needed to shore up their relationships with each other as they were gonna lead this great spiritual awakening. And so they, they, they do this deal where they cast lots and they, they take some people that have been following Jesus for a long, long time since the beginning of his ministry. And they, they reassembled their team. They reformed their team. They prepared themselves for what was getting ready to come. They prepared their leadership. They also prepared their priorities. I have a question for you. What are your priorities gonna be when this world, quote unquote, reopens? What are they gonna be? What's your squad gonna look like? Who are you gonna surround yourself with? Here's what I believe. I believe that we're on the edge of one of the great moves of God that our generation will ever see. We're already experiencing it, man, not only Seacoast, but churches all around the world are seeing hundreds of thousands of people that are tuning in and watching and hundreds of thousands of people that are saying, man, I need hope. I need, I, I need Christ. I, I need something that is missing in the midst of this season. And I believe that this is gonna be the church's greatest hour. And I believe it could be your greatest hour. Let's not waste these next few weeks as we prepare to reopen. Let's get ready for it. Let's, you know, even thinking about our priorities, I wanna challenge you to question what's gonna be important in your life as you go back into it. Because if, if you don't prepare for that, if you don't prepare those priorities, then, then you're gonna go in the way that you left. Your schedule's gonna kind of run your life. What if we had some important conversations right now about what's gonna be important to us as we go back in? And, and I would encourage you, like it was for them, make sure community is a part of that. Make sure your relationships or part of that. If you're not a part of a small group at Seacoast, now is actually one of the easiest and best times to do it. Where a, lot, where a lot of us are meeting via Zoom, a lot of us are starting to meet again in person together as the restrictions allow for that. But I would just encourage you, get involved in a small group. Make a determination. I'm gonna be a part of God's great spiritual awakening that he's doing right now. I'm gonna be a part of the dream team here at Seacoast. I wanna be a part of what God is doing so that God, much like, and we'll talk about it next week in Acts chapter two, God use these men and women in such incredible ways, ways that they never would have imagined being used. Peter went from a guy who couldn't even acknowledge that he knew Christ 40 days earlier to leading 3000 people to Christ in a period of 40 days because he was faithful in the waiting. He allowed God to expose some of the character flaws that he had. He received the forgiveness of Jesus and he came out empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to, to lead in God's church. And here's what I would challenge you. Put the big rocks in first. I remember an illustration I did back in January, we talked about you know, all of the things of our lives, but if we will seek God first, put him first in our lives, all of life is gonna work a whole lot better. There's room for your hobbies. There's room for the things that you enjoy. There's room for the things that we're obligated to do. But let's put the big things in first. Try it for a couple of months and tell me how it, 
it lives. I, I'll, I will guarantee you that your life will live. A lot. I can't guarantee you that your circumstances are gonna go great, but I can guarantee you that the things that matter most, it's gonna live a lot better when we put the important things in first. So, so what are you doing with your waiting period? Let's not waste it. Let's not withdraw in the wait. Let's pray. Let's praise and let's prepare ourselves for the greatest revival, the greatest spiritual awakening that we've ever been a part of. I believe that God has a role for every single one of us. Will we be ready? Will we be ready? Here's what I believe. You know, there's a lot of conversation about this pandemic and what it is. And, you know, I've heard a lot and I've even said at times, you know, man, this is a really rough patch, but we're going to get through it. Or, you know, this is a great opportunity to refocus my priorities or to, you know, kind of reset my family stuff. And all of that is true, but I believe it's a whole lot bigger than that. I believe that God is capturing the hearts of humanity and we get to be a part of it. Would you guys pray with me as we close? God, we thank you. Uh, We thank you even for the seasons of waiting. Lord, it wouldn't have been my idea, but God, it's easy to see that you're up to incredible things in these seasons of our waiting. So I just pray for each and every one of us, God, that we would pay attention to what's being revealed in us in this season of waiting. God, for many of us, what's been revealed is maybe even a, a void, a sense that we're, we're not connected to you, a sense that we don't know you. And God, I pray for every person who is listening in this moment that doesn't have that relationship with you, that hasn't felt that empowerment of your spirit, God, that needs hope, that needs to know, God, that they not only can have hope for this life, but for eternal life, that in this moment that they would receive that hope, that we would simply, God, you made it so simple, that we would acknowledge that Jesus is who he said he was, that we would receive and accept him in our heart, confess him with our mouths, and that that, that we could be saved. And I pray, Lord, that many would do that even in this moment, that what's being revealed in us is a need for you. For some of us, there are other issues that have been revealed in these moments of waiting and of shaking. And God, we just give them to you right now. We pray, God, that you would meet us in those issues, God. I thank you that you don't ask us to get our lives all cleaned up before we can come to you, before we can come to each other, that we can come as we are with all of our stuff and that you would begin a healing process in us, that you begin to refine us, that you begin to burn away those things that we don't need to take into this next season. Would you do that during our response time? God, we just commit that we're gonna be a people that pray. Lord, we're gonna praise, we're gonna sing, we're gonna celebrate who you are, and we're gonna prepare our part, knowing, Lord, that you are gonna do your part. Help us re-enter well, help us wait well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.